0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of A Lot About Nothing. Uh, It's been a while since I've recorded another episode and that's just because things got busy and I've spent a lot of time trying to perfect the next episode and I just got to a point where I couldn't be bothered and thought I'd just give you guys what I have as it is. Alright, so today we'll be talking about uh, happiness Uh, I think this is a subject that a lot of people are interested in, as you can imagine. So, because we as humans, we do a lot of things, you know, we strive, we have ambitions, goals and dreams. A lot of these things in the hopes that they will bring us happiness. So I hope to sort of, you know, dive deep into this whole subject of happiness to understand what it truly means and what people actually mean when they say they want to be happy or they expect to get happiness from certain things so it should be an interesting one Uh, let's see where we get to so i'm going to start off by obviously asking the basic question which is what is happiness and um, i won't read the dictionary definition but i think generally When people say the word happiness, they refer to a state of, you know, feeling good and being joyful and sort of being elated. And I think that's a good way to describe, you know, the emotions that we feel. However, speaking from a, I guess, biological or biochemistry point of view, uh, happiness is a feeling or an emotion that humans experience when, Certain chemicals are being released in their brains, you know. So, you have chemicals such as dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, and you know, endorphins, and the likes. And when your body or when your brain releases these chemicals, the emotion you feel is what we label as happiness. So, with this kind of base understanding, you know, it begs the question so, what can we do? To feel happy, right? So there are certain activities that we can do that makes us feel happy. So, for example, eating your favorite food or watching, you know, your sports and your team or your club wins, or seeing, you know, a dear one succeed at something they've been chasing, and many more things. And essentially, what all these activities have in common is that they, you know, trigger the the release of those chemicals which then make us feel happy. And if all these activities have that in common, you can, you know, you, you can make the case that, well in reality the act it's not the activities that make you happy, it's just the release of those chemicals. Uh and which means if you're able to somehow hack your brain, you know, <laughs> to produce those chemicals when you want them, or even doing when doing something you, you know, hypothetically hate if you could make your brain release those chemicals then you could make yourself happy in any situation and you know that just says you know your state of feeling happiness basically boils down to our biochemistry uh, which is basically the chemical makeup of our system and whenever you talk biochemistry obviously we know that our genes and our genetics play a massive role Uh, And what that means is that for some people, uh, they are prone to being able to produce more of these, I would call them happy chemicals uh, for the same activity that for another person, they wouldn't release um, those chemicals. Uh, This also applies for other emotions like sadness or anger or anxiety or stress. So we are all basically genetically programmed to produce certain amounts of these chemicals um, when we face certain amount of events. And I think it's really important to highlight this because uh, for certain individuals, it takes very little um, for them to be able to, you know, release those chemicals of happiness, which means they tend and they typically don't need a lot to feel good about themselves. Uh, whilst for other people they are more prone to producing chemicals that, you know, make them feel sad or unhappy. Uh, all things being equal, and I think it's a very important uh, point to realise that your genetics plays an important role in all of this. Now, obviously, your genetics is not something you can control, right? If we could control our genes, I guess we'll all be six foot five with Will be ripped and be like the most intelligent people, but that's just not the case. You know, you're born in your genes, and that's what you get. That's that's your lock of the draw. Uh, but that doesn't mean you still can't do anything in terms of your experiences in life, because one of the key things that actually impact um, your level of happiness is the amount of expectations you have for a certain event versus the outcome of that event. And um, with this, you can basically try to, you know, reduce the the gap between, you know, the expectation and the reality. Because if you do go through that event and it doesn't meet up to expectations, then you don't produce as much of those chemicals. So essentially, one very easy way of ensuring that you feel happier more frequently is just reducing the expectations that you have. Uh, So that way, the outcome versus, you know, the expectation doesn't differ as much. And with this expectation sort of meeting reality, there's actually an interesting idea that just sort of came to me. And I've not done any proper research on this, but for some reason, it feels like, you know, human beings just have a, for example, maximum amount of happiness or sadness that you can feel. Right, because you know, your brain produces certain amount of chemicals and give or take, every other human being has the capacity to produce that same amount of chemicals. So the only thing that changes your experience is the gap between, you know, your expectation versus reality. So for example, say people who lived a hundred years ago, I could argue that they probably experienced the same level of happiness as you know, the average person today, you know, despite them having worse health care, lower food quality or lack of education and so on and so forth, you know, I could argue that it could probably felt the same level of happiness as we do today. And that's purely as a result of the fact that they had quotes lower expectations, right? They did not know any better. So the threshold in their brains for you know reacting to those happy chemicals were normalized to the expectation so for example all we would have taken for them to feel happy was say if they got bread once a week that would make them really happy because that was sort of the standard and that was the expectation whereas for us today we eat bread every day and i don't think that makes anyone's (laughs) breakfast any spectacular Uh, so our brains are kind of normalized and the threshold moves up And I think there's also wisdom to be found here, which is having excess of something doesn't necessarily make you happier because of this normalization effect. Because once you just get something more frequently, your brain just sets a new threshold and it doesn't have as much impact as it would. And I know this sounds very cliche, but it's also part of the reason why probably excessive wealth um, and you having everything you always wanted all the time wouldn't really make you happier because your brain will simply just readjust the threshold. Uh, it's really a, a funny game that you know, our brains play on us. Uh, so I guess a good advice would be if there's an activity or a food or an experience that you really love or really enjoy, that makes you happy maybe moderation is really the way to go because if you continue to expose yourself to that uh, activity you know very frequently then your brain just you know sets the threshold and it doesn't hit as hard and uh, yeah there goes the old saying that too much of everything is bad right so aside from sort of moderation and you know certain lower expectations You know, what other ways can you sort of ensure you could, you know, release these happy happy chemicals and experience them effectively? And a very obvious one, if you've been paying attention, would be drugs. (laughs) So if you take drugs like cocaine, ecstasy, and whatever is out there in the crazy world, what these drugs essentially do is that, you know, they go to your brain, And they turn the dial that produces those happy chemicals to the absolute max. And it just completely floods your brain with the most amount of feel-good chemicals that you could possibly feel. And the only issue (laughs) only is that this, this flooding of your brain completely messes up the threshold settings of your brain. Because right? then your brain tries to adapt and normalize to this new feeling of being flooded with these chemicals. And what that means is that when you go back to your average day-to-day life, where the things you do would not normally produce that amount of chemicals you just feel depressed, right? You feel depressed when you don't take these drugs because you just feel like your life is dull and you're constantly sad. It's because you're not being stimulated by your day-to-day activities to meet the levels that those drugs can give you, right? So your day-to-day life just seems so uninteresting that you can't even stand it. I think that's what people probably refer to as, you know, withdrawal uh i'm not sure but yeah that that would be the the one negative <laughs> of you trying to use drug to sort of ensure a consistent stream of happy experiences and with this drug example analogy it kind of truly describes to you what happiness is which is really just a high Right? it's a high that you get off when you know, certain activities trigger the release of those chemicals Right, the same way you get a high when you use certain drugs like weed or cocaine and the rest and um, it's the exact same thing as happiness you just feel this burst of you know, joy for, for a period after doing something and it goes away and that's the unique thing about highs is that they don't last forever You know, whenever you use drug or alcohol, whatever you feel, you eventually always come back to base. And that's because you can't sustain the state of highness (laughs) forever. And I think there's also another wisdom to be found here, which is, you know, it goes to show that you just can't sustain the feeling of happiness. Right. Wanting to always be happy is not a realistic request. It's a short term high that comes and goes and so if your goal in life or the main thing you strive for is to always be happy then you've already lost it's a game you cannot win and this is also why i think the question of how to find happiness or what to do to be happy is kind of technically wrong i think a better description of the question is how do i feel at peace with myself most of the time you know or something along those lines and in my opinion there are two ways to do this right so the first we can either optimize you know our biochemistry which is basically you know trying to make sure that every little thing we do in life ensures the trigger of those chemicals and you know so that we can feel feel happy But then the issue with this approach is that it's never-ending, purely due to the fleeting nature of the emotion. So as soon as you get happiness, you get the high, boom, it's gone, right? Really think about it. What was something you achieved that made you really happy, right? Say you bought a bag you always wanted or you got a scholarship for a school or you got a job that you've always wanted, right? Think of that feeling of happiness, I think of how long it lasted for right you were probably in that moment of high for not very long right? maybe a couple hours or a couple days at most maybe one week right maybe you won the lottery and you're unbelievably <laughs> over the world and uh, when you consider the journey or the action you took to achieve that thing It might have taken you months or even years to get, say, an award in in the office or at school or to get a promotion. You've been banging in hours for the past two years just for you to feel that happiness of high for a short period. Obviously, there are a lot of benefits that come with, you know, achieving things in life. But sticking to just the concept of happiness itself, it doesn't last for very long. So spending a lot of time and energy just chasing something to give you happiness that almost instantly disappears isn't very effective. The equation is just not balanced, Mm -hmm. right? And um, it's very draining, you know, to be in this chasing cycle of this rat race of being stressed Mm -hmm. and being working really hard to achieve something for a short-term feeling and um you know the truth is most of life itself we spend that in i'll call this a low right because most of the hours in a day we spend them doing mundane activities things that are boring like chores cleaning going to work coming back from work shopping you know so not a lot of things that are exciting happen all the time in our lives right and um you know going back to the earlier point, you know I'm not saying people shouldn't work hard or be dedicated to achieving a goal. you know that's not a problem at all. I think that's mm-hmm. even a virtue that even myself I tried to do in my own life. But I think the key thing to identify is that you achieving that thing won't mm-hmm. give you long lasting happiness in the way you think. so as long as you realize why you're working towards something for a specific reason and not for the sake of eternal happiness, then by all means carry on. But the issue is that I guess most of the time, we don't really think along these lines before embarking on the journey. We just kind of operate on autopilot with the expectation that mm-hmm. there's this eternal happiness or satisfaction waiting at the end of it when we finally succeed. And uh, when we finally get there, we get disappointed because we are like, wow, we're putting this much time and effort and, you know, I'm not receiving the dividends of what I expected. So it's good to just know why you do certain things and what your expectations are. And the second thing, I guess, that we could do to try and sort of manage, you know, the expectation for happiness is to basically realize what it is, which is a feeling, right? It's a short-term feeling, so there's no point chasing, right? This is sort of like um, the realization that all your feelings, including happiness, anger, sadness, joy, jealousy, you know, all these feelings are fleeting. They come and they go. And they don't necessarily mean anything unless you attach meaning to them. You know, so when they come to you, you can just observe them for what they are, you know, feelings and just let them pass. You know, don't try to, in my opinion, optimize your entire life, you know, for the sole purpose of attaining and holding on to those feelings. You know, they would come and they will go, you know, this includes, you know, the negative ones. Like I said, even stress or anger, you know, just whenever you feel them, just remind yourself that, look, sometime later today this feeling of stress would be gone and by tomorrow or next it will probably come back (laughs) and so on it will go and it will come back and it will go and it will come back so there's really no point beating yourself up because of all these emotions because they would come and they'll go so uh just take it easy and just go through the journey of life so, uh I guess if you can't strive for happiness, you know, what do you do with yourself or with your life? <laughs> you know, if happiness isn't the goal, what is it all about then? And I think I'm starting to realize that well-being is a good place to begin, and I'm sure there's a lot of overlap between, you know, well-being and happiness, but you know, I define well-being as you know, first of all, being in good physical health, you know that includes, you know, having good diet or nutrition, and working out. Um, you know, also having healthy relationships. So you know, mend relationship with people if you're falling out, and you think the relationship is of value to you, and nurturing existing relationships. Uh, also, trying to sleep better and properly. And if you use any, you know, if you use any substances, try to do less of that. And also supporting people around you with your time, your expertise, your money, your advice, or your care kind of thing. So uh, I think, yeah, you always have something you can give. And I think it's worth striving to ensure you give as much as you can back to, you know, your community. And um, like I said earlier, striving for ambitious goals that can benefit other people is quite noble right even though you know that achieving them won't give you everlasting happiness it's still very important you work towards it right the only difference is that you know that you are doing this to help people and not necessarily to be happy and i think having that expectation and that difference of understanding is key so yeah that brings us to the end of this episode I guess I'd like to summarize everything I've said today with this short sentence, which is your mind and your consciousness is a river of emotions. And that river has been flowing since birth, right? So in that river, you have happiness comes and it passes along the river, then anger, then joy, and so on and so forth. And it will be impractical to expect the river to stop at a particular point for the rest of time a better use of your time would be to just sit at the riverbank and watch all these emotions come and pass away so i hope you like that i felt really good when i put that together (laughs) anyways uh, yeah hope you enjoyed the episode um i love the ideas that i talked about today are things that I've kind of put together roughly from reading different books and watching different YouTube videos. And um, I think a book that I read, which does a really good job of explaining a lot of the concepts from today, is a book called Homo Dios by Yuval Noah Hariri. So I highly recommend you check that out. And uh, another podcast that I strongly recommend is Making Sense by Sam Harris. So he's done a few episodes on happiness and satisfaction and well-being, which I really enjoyed and got inspiration from. So I hope you've at least learned a few things from this episode. And um, yeah, I look forward to speaking to you guys in the next one. Take care.